Lord, we thank you this day for so many who have sacrificed their all. For us, even in this country, and still do. For those who lay down their lives for others, that others might live. And we recommend and we recognize the greatest of all is you who has done that. Forgive us for not giving you the praise you deserve. Even as we do not always give thanks to those who deserve it. But Lord as well, forgive us that we so many times are not willing to make the sacrifice ourselves. Sure, sometimes maybe we'd say we would sacrifice our life, but we will not sacrifice our lifestyle. We'll not sacrifice this or that. Would help us to live a life of sacrifice, especially when it comes before you, especially when it comes to what we talk about this day in worship. Giving up. And giving all ourself to you. That we in our very lives would be a holy and pleasing sacrifice unto you. This day move in us and through us. Help me to speak your words. But Lord as always I know that you can speak things that go beyond anything I will say today. And that you would cut to the quick. With your sword. Thank you. That what we're doing here, whether it's online or live, it doesn't matter. What we're doing here is real. You are real. And why we do it is not for religion, but a real reason. Set us free right now. Holy Spirit, come, move. Move us. In your name we pray. Amen. If you would, uh, open up your Bibles to Psalm 95. We're going to go back there as we look again at Psalm 95. Verse 1. We'll be reading verses 1 through uh, 7 this day. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he has made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker for he is our God and we are his people the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. You know, last week, as we began a new series looking at how do we keep our faith in line 
when we are doing faith so much online these days. It can be a challenging to just change the way we do things. In fact, no matter what, it's a change to the way we do things. We began by looking at this by getting in line our worship. You see that getting our worship in line as we're doing this online. Last week we specifically looked at our actions and how we need to not just sit back and be a spectator, but fully engage, to participate, to move in worship as the Bible tells us to. Uh, that we will continue to focus that here in Psalm 95 with the main point being something as we've said last week, and the same thing we could say uh, this week, is that worship is not something that happens to us, but through us. Now, I know it's possible that everything last week and all that was said and somebody would be like, I've, I've done those things, I've been doing it, and, and uh, worship that's active, a, a participator, but I, I really just... This whole, while we're doing this whole thing online, which is what we're doing right now, I really just, I don't feel like I'm really worshiping God. I feel like I'm going through the motions, literally just standing up and, you know, last week I stood up when you said to stood up and then I had to stay standing up for a long time because my screen froze then. You know, the pastor didn't move, so I didn't move. Now, yeah, you know, those things, but... We think to ourselves, we're singing out, we're doing the religious things, but it doesn't seem like the same worship. Our heart is not really in it. We feel distracted. Maybe we feel kind of cold. And this can happen. It doesn't matter whether you're at home or whether you're here. That can be how we feel about it, but how does God feel about it? And sometimes how God feels about a worship, we see in this verse in Isaiah Uh, 29 verse 13 the Lord says these people come near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me the worship of me is based on merely human rules being taught you know we can do everything right on the outside but it's not all right Jesus references same passage in Matthew 15 and in other places and in fact this can be something that can be said for all times Sometimes we come near with our mouth, we honor with our lips, we're singing our songs, we're doing that, but our hearts are not near God. We've got the action down, but we're missing the attitude of worship that we should have. You know, last week we sang the song, The Heart of Worship. Part of the song goes, I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. Worship is not just action, but it's about getting our attitude of worship in line as we're doing this whole faith online. You know, a a worship, it's a worship that's in line, begins in the heart. And shows up in our hands. A worship that begins with an attitude should come out in an action. But that's where it starts. It's in our heart. It starts with an attitude. So today we're going to look at two key attitudes that we need to have if we're going to come before the Lord in a worship that is in line with what He is looking for. 
And the first thing that we need to come with is an attitude of joyfulness that's about Thee, O Lord. Get in our worship in line in both action and attitude. Psalm 95, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. It says in verse 2, 1 and 2. And so many other scriptures are read at the beginning in Psalm 100, you know, about coming into his presence with joy. How can we make a joyful noise and with thanksgiving unto the Lord if it does not come from an attitude of joyfulness? It's not this positive, happy, smiling attitude when life is all good. Hey, I'm coming for the Lord with songs of joy. It's not because God made me a morning person. So, you know, I, I, you know, it's easy for me to just kind of come with in the morning with songs of joy. It's not about any of those kind of things. It's not about us. It's not because we have a good attitude. It's because God is good. It's a choice we make to have an attitude, an attitude that doesn't have anything to do with us so much as it or our circumstances or what's going on, but that it has to do with him. You see, when, as we see here, when we have joyful heart that is into the Lord, we can make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Our attitude, what it has to be, we need to have a joyful heart that is into the Lord. Many times we're trying to sing out in this joyfulness about the Lord, but we're not into Him. How many of us can say we really are excited about Thee, O God? I'm excited about Thee. You know, you can't fake verse 1 here. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord and shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Uh, Maybe we can fake it to one another and fake it to the people there at your home. But you can't fake it to God. Who knows whether you're singing for joy? He knows what's going on. What is our real attitude? Is our real attitude, I really don't like this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to, I don't want to worship. I, ugh, you know, right? Kind of like, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to do it because I'm supposed to. And in that way, I can check it off the list. I did it in my religious duty today. Fulfilled. Doing the duty of our action of worship without the attitude just leads to dead, dry, lifeless worship that has no meaning to God. Where is the delight in worship? Sometimes what needs to take place to get there is, is regularly doing that action. Because it's the right thing. Now, please, so, you know, some people say, well, I, uh, yeah, I'm not doing it for the right reason. I don't have the right attitude, so I won't do it. That, that doesn't help us. Two wrongs don't make a right. It's, it's right to worship the Lord. Yes, we do it. He deserves our praise, whether we feel like it or not. The problem is, as it deals with our faith, we are waiting for our feelings sometimes to happen before we act. God says to do this, do it, worship Him. And if we are sincerely seeking... And we just do something that he's asking for us to do. The feelings will follow the faith in action. But we cannot get our worship in line when we take our worship offline. There's no way we're ever going to get our worship in line if we just don't do it. 
It's, it's difficult trying to get excited and joyfully into worship when the only time that we do that is this half hour or so on Sunday mornings. The kind of attitude that we should have in worship is one of a lifestyle that, that is able to rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, what? Rejoice. rejoice. That's right. How do we get there? You know, one of the ways is increasing our time through and worship through music and song that can happen by listening to worship music and singing along with, uh, to God throughout the week. Here's one of those pro tips. I don't have time to really show you. I, I had all this pictures and things like that to kind of show you. Uh, and I know to some of you it's not really pro. You know this. But here's the reality. is Some of you are not aware as you're carrying around your smartphones that you can actually have songs on those things. <laughs> And not only can have songs, but you can make up a playlist of worship songs. Now, obviously, you got to put them on there. And that's where we don't have time to get, oh, kind of pro tip. Okay, work through the, the things of this. But the reality is I know there are those of you who just had no idea. you got some CDs of worship CDs laying around, and you don't have a clue. It doesn't fit in my phone. You know, there is a way. You get it on to the computer, and then it gets to your phone. Uh, there's, a, there's a way that you can just download music that you would uh, purchase online and get it into your phone and there is also other ways of of doing this thing but to work up a, a worship playlist that you have with you uh obviously people can do it other ways some people get uh apps or 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 places like spotify where you can at least the spotify you buy you purchase not the free you can make up your own personal worship playlist that you can actually share with others all of that to say okay you've got this now now you have it with you at all times because most of you keep your phone with you everywhere and it's even right beside you your bed so why not work on worshiping the lord throughout the day Plug it into your car or start it up if you've got Bluetooth there or whatever or some Bluetooth speaker or, 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 or through any number of ways of, of doing that. I mean, even if you still have CDs. But think about it even when you uh, wake up in the morning. Your phone's there. Maybe it's been charging. Maybe you need to get charged up before you even get out of bed by just putting on and hitting that playlist and participating in the worship right there before your feet hit the floor. And the same thing can happen at night as your head hits the pillow before your eyes close will be the last things that you hear. The last thing that you are, are engaged in is worship of the Lord. If we are sincere in this seeking of God and wanting to do this and not just going through the motions and what I've just talked about, then it can't help our attitude but to grow and get more in line because we're more, we're worshiping more and more of the Lord. Allow the Holy, ask and allow the Holy Spirit, God, to work and to help us to be set free to worship Him so that it becomes a lifestyle. And when that's a lifestyle, it's so much easier when Sunday morning we gather and you're hearing the worship team online, it's really not that hard to enter into God's presence in worship because you've already been there, done that. And just imagine if, if all of us 
If all of us would really get this, if all of us would get our worship in line, not just in our action, but in our attitude, can you imagine what will happen when we get to come back together? How God will be blessed. Perhaps in the past you say there was an attitude of joy, there was an anticipation, there was excitement to worship when we got together. But now you can't help but just feel this disappointment during this COVID time. We're not able to worship, we're not able to get together, but that for some people translates, we're not able to worship like we were. It's kind of a downer, you know? And it makes sense. I know it's not the same here, but in another token, it doesn't make sense that our change in our circumstances should affect our relationship between us and God. To say that I'm not able really to worship now online like I could before is not in line with where our faith should be. Are we less excited about worshiping God because it's not the same as it was before, the same situation? What's not the same? It's not the same church building. I'm at my home. It's not the same bunch of people around me. It's not the same. You know, I'm not live with the worship band. It's not the same. And you know what? All of that's true. I get it. But there is a greater truth that should be affecting our attitude in worship that goes beyond what's happening on the outside of us. As much as all those things are good and wonderful in the context of corporate worship, Our focus should not be on them. It should never have been on all those things. It should have been upon Jesus. We're losing a joyful heart of a worship attitude because of the things and the way it's done instead of recognizing I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. For making worship about things, songs, places, etc., etc. As the song goes on, when it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. We need to be able to learn to express our love for God with all our heart, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter how bad life is, God is still good. Like Paul and Barnabas, they were, were beaten and, and, and stuck down in the dungeon part of the jail. And it was late at night after all of that, and they lifted up their not just attitude, but action and voices in praise to God. And their praise shook heaven and earth. Think about where we're at. We should be able to come with an attitude of joyfulness that is fully focused on one who we are worshiping. Worship does not happen to us. It happens through us. And this is what we've been saying. To give glory to his name 
It's the same attitude whether we're at home or whether we're here in the building. Worship that's coming from the same heart is excited and anticipating being in the presence of the king. The God is the same God when you were here and then you're there. He has not changed. We and our hearts should not have changed. Our worship should not change. If it's based about all about you, Jesus There should be the same excitement that I get the privilege to enter the presence of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Almighty God, the All-Powerful, the All-Knowing, the Ever-Present One who loved me so much that He sent His one and only Son and that Son came and gave His life for me. He gave His life for you. That one that we say that we love so much, if that is all so, then how can I not come before his presence with an attitude of thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. No matter what's going on around me, no matter how I'm having to worship, how can I keep from making a joyful noise when I know who I am worshiping? Somebody shout hallelujah or praise the Lord or whatever you do in your home, you know. Think about that. Uh, But wait, wait. Could it be that we really do not know who we are worshiping? Well, we, we know who it is. I mean, God, I mean, I believe in God. You do. I, don't, I don't mean that you don't know in your head uh, about who you're worshiping, but is our heart there? Do we have an attitude of joyful worship that shouts aloud, as it says in verse 1? In verse 1 of Psalm 95, let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. That's the banner over here. Shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Are we really doing that? Do we truly know and count on Jesus as our rock? 100%, no doubt, my rock. Not just right now on Sunday when I'm worshiping and I'm singing songs, but on Monday when things aren't going so hot. On Tuesday when things start to be a little shaky in what's going on in my life or in our family or whatever it might be. Do I really know He is my rock? How can our feelings be into it when our faith is not in line? with it psalm 59 but i will sing of your strength i will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning for you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of distress all my strength i will sing praise to you for you O god are my fortress the god who shows me steadfast love Those are not just mere words of religion that he's saying. That is a worship that has an attitude of gratitude that is excited to praise him in a relationship and a heart. It has this attitude like David has, not just there, but think of other places like Psalm 63 where he says, You, you God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry And parched land where there is no water. Think about that. Think about that where where we're at, where some of you may feel like watching online. That's where you're at. He's, He's saying, I thirst for you. I have seen you in the sanctuary. I have. I have beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. 
And in your name, I will lift up my hands. An attitude of joyfulness that's not based on my feelings because of what's going on around me or how I'm able to worship or what's happening. It's based on God because that's what our worship is about and who our worship is to. We need to come with that attitude of joyfulness that's all about thee, but also point two. We need to come with an attitude of humbleness that's not about me. There should be some amens there too, right? That's a little tougher. Look at verse 6 and 7 in Psalm 95. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are his people of his pasture, the flock under his care. And there's different terms that are used here, the bowing down. There is that sense of the come, let us bow down. It's not just this kind of before a king, but it's what sometimes in sports we talk about taking a knee before him. More than that, both knees. More than that, what verse 6 is talking about is truly a bowing all the way. Oh, oh no, a little help here. No, I'm just joking. I, I recognize as I mentioned this part that there are some who just physically are not capable or you are capable of getting down and never getting back up. Some of us, it's just difficult. We can do it. Outside of this whole, we're talking about, uh, of that reality for some. Do we ever, ever, have we ever, do we ever take a knee in worship or full out bow before him? Come. Let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. What we like to think of is, okay, it's just the attitude. It's my heart attitude is bowing down. And and yeah, we are talking about attitude here. But you know what? If we don't physically do it in an action, is our heart attitude really there? If we don't want to, if we don't see the need to, if we're concerned about what other people will think of me, why is it we, we, we don't do it anymore? I mean, maybe at one time, some of you can remember times where at, at bedside, you, you knelt at the bedside to pray. Why is it there is not a humbleness to make right where we're at an altar of surrender and bow before him. Why is it that we're not bowing before the one who Philippians chapter 2 verse 10 and 11 as we see here that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you think in that description here of what's going to happen that that's just an attitude of bow? That's just an attitude of bowing and humbleness or do you think it's real? Is real, a real bow. And notice every knee, which includes ours, every knee will bow. And it seems to me like the first time we truly kneel before Christ should not be at the end. And yes, it's about attitude this morning, but 
if we are capable of doing that, but we really just don't want to, is there a humbleness in our heart about that? Not just humbling before others, but humbling before God. That, that somehow it matters to us more, there's a higher priority of what other people are going to think about us than a priority of what God thinks, especially in worship. The outward, the outward action should be a reflection of an inward attitude out of reverence that recognizes who God is by humbling ourselves. That's what James talks about in chapter 4. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. For he is the one in charge. As Psalm 95, back to our passage in Psalm 95, verse 3 says, For the Lord is a great God, the great King above all gods. He is our Lord, our master, our boss, our ruler. For those who are believers in Christ Jesus, we are not our own. We have been bought with a price. And while we are sons and daughters of the king, let's not be so prideful that we forget that we are also bondservants subject to him, our king. Now, here's the thing. As we think about worship and think about what happens in the humbleness of our attitude, you know, if, if if you're sitting at home, and somebody important, like say a king, I don't know how many of us would have a king come into our home, but a king, somebody very important to you, not just very important to the rest of the people, but somebody that you have said is very important to you. They walk into your house, they come up, you're sitting there, and you look over at them and go, sup? Hey, sup? Does that sound right? Does it, I mean, uh, some of us would probably say that's not right to anybody, but we're talking about somebody who is very important to you. Somebody who is very important in, in all world walks in and, and not only do we just sit there, we don't stand up, we don't, this person who we owe everything to and we say that we have so much love for, we don't even bow down before nothing. We're not showing that respect. We're not showing a humbleness before them. You see, here's the thing. Here's the point. Is that every time when we are going to worship Even as we're talking about this morning, when we entered into worship this morning, Jesus entered into your home. He walked in. The one that we say is the most important person in the world, the one that we say that we love more than any other, walked in. What was the action and the attitude Do we mumble or will we get humble? Which one? Because it's think that, that I don't really want to stand. I don't really want to clap. I don't want to sing. I don't want to say a word of prayers. It is not in line with humbleness. 
May we soften our heart as we surrender to his rule and his reign that is not about me. I think many get that, but for some reason we do not grasp that when we make worship about us in any way, we are no longer humble in a bowed low position before the Lord. Instead, when we make anything about this worship about us and what we want or how we feel about it, we are getting off of our knees and we are standing up for what I want in worship. Luke chapter 14, verse 11, Jesus says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. When we are focused on what we want in worship, who are we lifting up, really? Now, we say, I'm lifting up God too, but who's up higher? And who are we taking lower? As we think about whether we have an attitude of humbleness and worship, what if I told you today... That you should not be worshiping the Lord in your homes, in your pajamas. What? What? Somebody's standing up, you know. There's no sitting down or kneeling down right now. This is when you want to stand up. What? Oh, I, 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 that's not right, Pastor. God's concerned about the inside and not the outside. Plus, nobody can see me. And that's getting into legalism. I suppose the next thing you're going to say, Pastor, is that we should be having our dress and our suit and tie on. And that's just, you know, that's a, that's a religious spirit. Okay, before you get too worked up, I said, what if? I, I didn't say that. I'm not going to say that. You're, you're not going to hear that from me. But what if God said that to you? What if there are certain things in the way that we are worshiping in our homes that are actually changing this attitude of worship that we feel like we're missing? And it's not so much that we're in our home instead of being here. But there are certain things that we're doing. And, and can we be humble enough to ask the Lord, especially if we're struggling with online worship in our homes, can we be humble enough before the Lord and ask Him to show us? Are there actions and attitudes that we're doing in our faith online that is getting our faith so it's not in line? That's hurting, not helping our worship. And for example, it can be about PJs. You know, is it right for you? Well, of course, I like it. I don't want to change. It's comfortable. It's convenient. It's fine. And I don't care if the pastor wears pajamas to preach. Let him do it. You know. But that's not really the point. Does it get in the way of you having a right attitude in worship? Does it help? Does it hurt? Or is it no difference? Now, I know for many of you, it's like, well, it's no difference. But for some, it does. Because along with other things that we're doing, our thoughts become too focused on ourselves and our own comfort. We have that attitude that suddenly becomes too casual and therefore less focused in worship of the King of Kings 
than we would have if we were here. Not because we're here, not because of this location, but because of the attitude we have in this location that is more serious about it than we have in our homes. To come in a humbleness of worship. This doesn't apply to everyone I know, but perhaps there, there's something somehow that is taking away from your ability to be serious about worship. Something that is not, maybe it's not changing the clothes, it's changing the attitude itself really is what it's about, right? But it may mean you have to change other things. Perhaps there are times, you know, that you are in worship uh, during a time of worship right now and what you're doing on your phone is not in the U version of the Bible. It's not a Bible app. It's something else that maybe you wouldn't have done here or maybe you did and your parents caught you again right now. Sorry about that, kids. We need to humble ourselves. What is it that are, 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 and it's more easy to get distractions. I've been there, right? I said a couple of weeks ago. More easy distractions at home. It's more easy for us to, to go into this multitask mode and try to do this and that at the same time. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to watch the service and do that. If you're just watching the TV show, Sure. But this is about participating and worshiping the King of Kings. This is about listening for his word to come and speak to you in the still, small quiet of this moment. For our worship to be in line, are there things that are kind of knocking us off track? You know, a, a number doing faith online, I mean, this is, as you think through this, uh, a number of us who are doing our faith online would say worship it's just not it's just not great or at least it's not as good as when we gather together i know what you're saying pastor and our attitude has changed but just, I, I just think i think of days when when we were able to meet back at the building and it was like wow Worship was amazing. I, I was just so blessed. I got this feeling that just kind of just, just came over me. I don't know if you can see where I'm going with this based on the point. Worship doesn't happen to you. It happens through you. And for those who come to worship to be blessed, when the whole purpose is about being the one who is doing the blessing, how great can our worship really be when it's not defined by whether God has been blessed, whether it was a great day for him, but rather, which is it? We think about it, think about a song. Is it, how great thou art, how great, or... How great I sing, how great I sing. I really love this song. Are you with me? What is our real motivation? What is our real attitude? Are we enjoying God's presence or are we just enjoying the music and the songs and a chance to sing them? And, and I know that we can say, well, we, at least we've got a good attitude, and, but it needs to be an attitude that's focused on Christ alone. 
And it doesn't mean that we can't or we will not enjoy the worship music or enjoy the chance to worship together, enjoy God, but the focus has to be upon Him first and foremost to be in line with our worship because there's this consumer mentality that's been in churches for some time now that focuses on me, my needs, my wants, my rights, including having uh, what amounts to I worship kind of thing. Uh, Those who... It's only real or good worship when we sing these songs or when we sing songs like this or when we sing them. I don't mind. I mean, I know sometimes we're we're doing the songs I like, but the way the worship team is playing them, that's that. I mean, it's not the way I mean, some of the songs for a number of reasons that I don't have time to get in today. What we've been talking about with this is worship being about us. I think there's a pretty good chance. I'm just going to throw this out. I think there's a pretty good chance that none of your songs or my favorite worship playlist are going to be sung in the perfected eternity in heaven. In theory, there's going to be a lot of people disappointed in heaven because they're not getting to worship the way they like. Let's think through this. The person that says, I can't worship God at all or I can't worship God as good when I am singing that kind of song or with that instrument or or with any instruments or without, I can't worship God with that tempo. It's too slow. It's too fast. It's too contemporary. It's too traditional, etc., etc., etc. Basically, we are saying, I can't all out worship God the God that I'm going to be spending eternity with, the King of kings and Lord of lords, creator of the universe who saved me and did so much more, I can't worship that God because something is not the way I like it. Or maybe we don't want to, we hate to be that, we're not like that because something is not the way we are used to or the way we think it should go. This, of course, is talking about when there's no black and white scripture clearly pointing and directing the word of God, connecting to the problem we have with worship. You have nothing to stand on. Oh, sure, you got some other Christians agree with you and find something, but we need to get over ourselves. It's not about me. It's about him and him alone. Let's put aside the distractions. Let's put aside the preferences. Let's put aside all the differences that we have and worship the one true God and proclaim and praise Jesus. And if we're going to talk about preferences, if we want to have any discussion about preferences and worship, how about what does God prefer? And it has nothing to do with the kind of song and how fast, how new, old, all those other things. It has nothing to do with it, any of that. And ultimately, as long as it's not wrong, words aren't wrong, nothing to do with even words. What God is looking for is a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Bow down our pride. And yet you hear Christian people talk like, you know, worship was boring. You know, worship day, it really didn't get me excited. I can't say I was really moved. But it's not like that's me all the time. So it's not really me because when I go to this church, 
uh, oh boy, it just moves me. Or, or when I listen to this worship music online, man, I am really pumped. But here's the thing. What should get us excited? What should we be enthusiastic about? What should get us pumped is who we are worshiping, not how we are worshiping. The Lord. Otherwise, our worship, we say it is still boring. If we're saying that, then what we are saying is God is boring. Oh, no, 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 Pastor, I didn't say that. That's not what I meant. You're, you're putting words. Think about this. If God is not boring, then, if you're saying God is not boring, but exciting, and if worship is about God and Him alone, all right, God's, God's exciting and worship is about God, then how could worship ever be boring? Again, I'll say, like I did before, there are those who are bored now in worship that I don't wonder how you're ever going to survive in heaven. I mean, I know, but I got at times to wonder how you're ever going to survive in heaven for all eternity, forever and ever and ever. We'll be worshiping the king. We're missing about what it's ultimately about. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full into his wonderful face and the things of earth, all the things of earth, which includes how we play the music, the songs we sing, everything about it, all the things of earth, even our spiritual and religious things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Yes, The way that we are worshiping right now on Sunday morning is not our normal way in this time, in this history here in Venango County at OCCA. I get that. But there's nothing much normal going on right now in general. And the reality is whatever we are used to and the way we worship God will completely change when we get to heaven. All different forms, different songs, different except for one thing, Jesus. Actually, maybe one other thing that shouldn't be different. And that is our attitude of joyfulness and humbleness in worship. The same attitude that we will have in heaven standing in his presence before the throne of God is the same attitude we should have right now. And I know that even after all this, there are those going to say, okay, I get it, I get it. Yes, I need to get over all of this and get it together and get my focus on the Lord and truly worship Him and my actions and attitudes on Sunday morning. I I get it. But pastor, don't you get it? Don't you get the way we're feeling? I mean, you got to experience it two weeks at home. It's not the same as the real thing. Being at home is not the same. And I say, okay, I'm willing to admit it's not the same as getting together on Sunday morning, but I'm also willing to admit that I sensed the same Spirit of God when I was there in my home on Sunday morning a few weeks ago than this, and the Spirit of God that I sensed here on many days. It's the same Spirit. I'm also willing to admit something else. You want me to admit something about all this? 
Not just that we're worshiping in the same place because it's the presence of the Lord, but I'm willing to admit that getting together on Sunday morning like we used to do is not the same as the real thing, meaning the real thing that is awaiting us one day in heaven. That's the real thing. That's the real worship. If we want to make definitions about those kinds of things. Whatever we are doing here on earth is just a shadow of things to come, a shadow of what is in heaven. As the Bible talks about in a number of places right now, it may be that worship is not exactly like when we were together on Sunday mornings, but we need to grasp that no matter how we worship God here on earth, none of it is going to be really like it's going to be in the real worship Because it's all a shadow of what is to come, yet still we worship God nonetheless in preparation for that day when we will stand before his presence. Having to live now with the shadow of the worship that awaits us in heaven does not make us depressed or down when we're here and it shouldn't make us that way when we're at home. Rather, When we get together, this shadow of what is yet to come makes us rejoice and look forward to that time. So when you're together in your homes or if it's just you in your home and you're worshiping before the Lord, it is a shadow of what is yet to come. Rejoice that we have the privilege to even partake and be a part of something like that, preparing us for that day. Let us stop looking at the obstacles and everything that's going on in this time and see the opportunities to get our faith in line even when we are doing it online let's just take uh, a moment in response to all this and in a few minutes the worship team is going to come up as is our way we've done things but maybe we just need to put aside all that right now and right where you're at to worship God, to lift up prayers of praise. Uh, I, I'm going to lead us in an a cappella song here. It's not going to matter what it is, but there's one that will be on your screen just so you have the words. It's like that song we were talking about earlier. When the music fades and all is stripped away. I simply cling to you, Jesus. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord, for you.
you're at, to stand, to lift your hands, to kneel before him, to give him thanks. I now just lift that up to praise him for who he is. Is he really your rock? Say that. Humble yourself. If you've got people in the home you're just not sure to be able to say things in front of, humble yourself before the Lord and just do it. That attitude of worship. in action and attitude. Let us all out right now. Ultimately, worship is about our love, expressing our love to Him. Love is not seeking, does not demand its own way, even to God. To express that even with this song. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Maybe that's the first time you've heard that song. Let's just one more time so you have the words into your heart and action and, and worship team come now. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you May it be a sweet, sweet sound in